Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord, from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God I would lay on your hearts today comes from the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, verses 1 through 11, as follows. Shall we continue in sin, that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So far the Holy Word. Dear friends in Christ, fellow redeemed, one man's junk is another man's treasure. It's funny how if you have to move, our neighbors recently moved, finally left last night. They couldn't fit everything in the moving van, so they left some things behind. And I'm sure it wasn't all junk that they left behind, but they left the least valuable stuff. You know how it is when you go to a garage sale and you pass by things and someone comes right behind you and picks it up. It's kind of your perspective on things. It's how you look at things, isn't it? The Apostle Paul was trying to address a problem that was going on in the uh, congregation there in Rome. See, apparently, some of the unbelievers in Rome were accusing the Christians of immorality. In fact, they thought that being a Christian meant you could just go ahead and do anything you wanted to. They thought that being a Christian was the start of an immoral lifestyle. And we think, now wait a minute, of course that's not true. And yet, don't we have people in our day and age who say the same thing? Oh, sure. They go to prison. They say they become Christian, a Christian and now they're forgiven. What kind of faith is that? Or as soon as so-and-so became a Christian, then he was out on the bars every weekend. What kind of faith is that? So you see, it's, this problem is still alive and well in our circles today. The idea that Christianity is really an immoral religion. That people who become Christians think that now they can go ahead and sin because sin's forgiven anyway. Paul addresses that in our first line, and he, in the first verse, and he also reminds us of why that isn't true. And he brings up some powerful tools that you and I can use to tell other people of the message of salvation and why that isn't true and why the very opposite is true. That because we're Christians now, we fight the good fight of faith every day in our lives. We go after that sinful nature and fight him every day. It's a war, it's a battle. 
We get to tell other people that. And one of the best tools we can use is baptism. The fact that you have been baptized gives you power to get through your day. Paul brings that up. And he brings up some very important points. And in the last verse 11, he says, Reckon yourself. And I borrowed that term, reckon, and used the word count. And that's our theme for today. Count yourself alive to God. It's your perspective. And our perspective is, comes from the gospel and a faith that the Holy Spirit has given us to believe it. And that's the most important perspective of all. And while other people around us may think that's junk, we know that's the greatest treasure of all. The powerful word of God that has saved us and that baptism which Jesus instituted and has given us that washes away all our sins and reminds us of some powerful truths. So we'll look at baptism's purpose and we'll look at baptism's guarantee. Is becoming a Christian license to sin? Certainly not, Paul says in the first verse. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I mean, think of it. The fact that God forgives every sin you've ever committed is... That's grace. That's undeserved kindness and love that God shows you by forgiving your sins. Because we know the severity of every single sin and the the burden and the weight that every single sin lays on our shoulders, then we appreciate more and more the grace of God that He and Jesus Christ and Christ's death on the cross has completely atoned for every single sin. That the, the... message of Christ crucified and the gospel message of sins forgiven declares us not guilty. What a powerful thing that is. And Paul wants to remind not only the unbelievers who were having the problem and making the accusation to these Christians in Rome, but also he wants to remind you and I of the importance of why Christianity isn't a license to sin. Because we have put on Christ. We have been baptized Uh, It says, uh, and he denies it in verse 2, Certainly not, how shall we who have died to sin any longer live in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? It's really important to understand the word death here. Because, uh, you know, usually when we speak of death, we're talking about the results of sin. And there's three forms, right? There's eternal death. There's temporal death, there's spiritual death. But this isn't any one of those things. uh, Really, at the base word of the word death means separation. And you know how it is when a loved one dies and you, oh, that earthly separation pulls at our, our hearts, makes us sad. Separation. Now, with that in mind, knowing that the root word means simply separation, let's look at this again. How shall we who died to sin, you and I and every believer, is separated from from our sins? We died to sin. It's nothing we did of ourselves, of course. And he goes on to explain it. When Jesus died, our old nature was planted in the ground. The, The old nature in us, a corpse, dead, buried. That's what our baptism does for us. The purpose of baptism is to remind us that those sins which we know and feel every day, that we go to in prayer every night asking God to forgive us, those sins are forgiven. They're so forgiven because Christ buried them with him when he died. 
What a blessing to hear that. Baptism's purpose is to remind us that we don't become... The Holy Spirit didn't make us Christians so that we could sin more. The Holy Spirit gave us faith to believe in what He accomplished, for, what our great God has accomplished for us, so that we can live lives to Him and to His glory. So that we can get up every day and fight that sinful flesh that wants to sin. So that we can attack those particular sins in each one of our lives. You know what they are. I know what they are. God gives us the power of baptism to help us with that. Do you remember in the sermon about a month ago, a month and a half ago, uh, where we talked about, you know, the scriptures compared baptism to the flood and how that powerful... uh, worldwide cataclysm of the flood was only a picture of the power in baptism to save. Here in St. John's, we believe in the means of grace. And what are the means of grace? Well, the means of grace are the ways in which God has limited himself to save us. That, That teaching, by the way, the means of grace, it's peculiar to us Lutherans, us conservative Lutherans. No one else in Mainline Christianity teaches that. But the Bible does, and so we believe it. It doesn't mention the means of grace, but it does say again and again that God has limited himself to working through the Word and the two sacraments, baptism and communion. Here again, we have the reinforcement of how God works through baptism to show you that you've been separated from your sins. Don't let sins drag you down. Don't think that there's now, this past week has accumulated a huge pile that now is, you know, they're ruling your life and you're in trouble. This passage reminds us that when we were baptized, we put on the righteous robe of Christ Jesus. And now God sees you and me and every baptized believer as forgiven, as not guilty, as in fact, as having never sinned. What a powerful means to bolster up our faith so that we can continue to wake up each morning, know what the Ten Commandments are and all the other laws of God, know what our sins are and what they do to us, and continue to fight that good fight. So we do turn away from sin, not in order to earn our way to heaven, but because heaven has already been given to us, because those sins have already been put to death. In Christ Jesus. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if uh, a person died and he had a lot of debts and his debtors came up to the corpse and said, Come on, you owe us some money. I'm getting my lawyer. You'll hear from me in the morning. It'd be absurd. You can't pull the debt out of a corpse. It doesn't happen. In the same way, your sins, which incurred, and the Bible says the wages of sin is death, But your sins, that body of death that Paul refers to in here, they've been buried with Christ. The purpose of baptism is to remind you of that. You've been washed clean from that old Adam, that sinful man, that sinful nature inside of you. It's dead. It's like a corpse. And certainly, every once in a while, probably every day in our lives, we as Christians feel that poke from sin. Hey, you call yourself a Christian? You did this, you did that. Oh yeah, remember what you did in high school? You did that? Poke, poke. But he might as well, the old devil might as well be poking a corpse because our sinful nature is paid in full. It's dead in the ground. And that's what these verses remind us. 
Baptism's purpose is to strengthen us so that we can continue uh, walking in the newness of life, as verse 5 tells us. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. And even that verse, don't think of it as an action. Think of it as a gift. Right now, today, you walk in the newness of life. You, you walk by faith, believing that life is yours. And I'm not just talking about being alive and breathing. I'm talking about eternal life. It's yours right now. Because your sins were buried with Christ. And even the message even goes further. And the good news, uh, the guarantee from baptism comes from the fact that because Christ rose from the dead, we will too. Because God made him alive, one day we will come back alive too after we have died in the, from our time here in this earthly life. And it might be that Jesus decides to come today in Judgment Day and bring us all to be. But if it happens where the Lord calls you home through death, temporal death, we have the comfort of knowing that death has been conquered. Death has been made to serve us because Jesus conquered death. Death no longer has dominion over him, as the uh, text tells us in verse 9. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. You and I can count ourselves alive to God. How? In Christ Jesus, in connection with him. Think of it this way. You know, I, I do like a little science fiction every now and then. And one of the main things about science fiction, especially like Star Trek or something like that, is you got to have these shields around you. Otherwise, you know, you're out in space and it's a nasty environment. You've got to have these shields. You and I can reckon ourselves, can count ourselves alive to God in Christ Jesus. And really, it, it could be, you could translate that as in the sphere of Christ, in the bubble protection shield that he surrounds us with. No one can touch us. Who will judge us guilty when this shield called Jesus Christ protects us? And can nothing can penetrate that shield. No prodding from any evil force or any sin that we commit can get through. We are in Christ Jesus. That's why for us, and from our perspective, what might be another man's junk is our treasure. That powerful word of God, the means of grace, peculiar to Lutheranism, one of which is baptism. The, God, the means of grace is the gospel as it's found in the word and in the sacraments, baptism and communion. These verses powerfully remind us that the good news, the gospel, is that our sins have been taken care of. They're a dead body in the ground. And that God now sees us as having never sinned. And doesn't that enable us to walk in the newness of life. Sure, we have the assurance that eternal life is ours, and it's a blessed thing. You can be certain you're going to heaven. In fact, if anyone ever answers you, do you know if you're going to heaven or not? I hope you say resoundingly, yes, in Christ. Because it's true. Yes, you are going to heaven. So here we are, getting built up again by our baptisms, by the fact that we've been baptized. And it's a gift Baptism is a gift that you can use every day of your life, and I hope you do, to combat the uh, 
forces around us, the evil world that's around us, and always trying to get us to stray away from the Christian faith. Use your baptism to fight the good fight of faith. Use your baptism to remind yourself your sins are gone. That's the purpose and the guarantee that eternal life is yours. Count yourself alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen.